a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. Welcome back, y'all. This is a very special edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show. We'll call it Advanced Medicine Sunday. Dr. Batar has been busy traveling over the holidays. The Advanced Medicine time frame fell on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. So we're back in the new year. Happy New Year, Dr. Batar. Happy New Year to you, Robert. And may 2019 be the best year for all of us, everybody that's listening, everybody that we reach in the world. And may each subsequent year from this year onwards be an exponentially better and more rewarding and more blessed year for all of us. Right. Could this year be the year of total censorship, though? We have uh, followed on the, the latter half of 2018 many stories of suppression of speech when it comes to medical issues, particularly the vaccine issue more than anything else as social media outlets have been banning sites that question vaccines, even report on peer-reviewed science related to vaccines that is inconvenient to the, toward their agenda, and even reporting on the quarterly reports from the government itself on vaccine injury through the National Vaccine Injury uh, Compensation Program. So we are having to overcome a lot, be increasingly creative, which is a good thing, to communicate and make sure that our communication lands in the places that so desperately need it, Dr. Batar. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Robert. Uh, this is, uh, I think the censorship issue is a major issue. And um, it was interesting that if you want to call it preparatory time, which we, of course, don't do at all, we did have a, what, about a 30-second call prior <laughs> yes. to going on the phone. And it was interesting that when you brought up this issue, and I, I, I was immediately thinking, we really need to talk about this on the air live, which you agreed. And even the topic that you brought up with the parallel uh, to YouTube, you know, you and I are, again, tracking on the same thought process. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought I thought it was interesting um, just the fact that this issue with censorship has come to such a fruition. And as you pointed out, the last time we did the uh, Advanced Medicine show that uh, one of the peer-reviewed journals, or one of the websites that reviews peer-reviewed literature yes. was just recently banned. Yes. And um, so the censorship sh- issue is a, is a very big thing. But also, as you pointed out to me during our private conversation, when something like, when you hit this type of a milestone, when you hit this type of a situation where even the most uh, well-accepted and respected journals are, or, or sources that are giving information from these respected journals, when they're being censored, then you know that you're actually making an impact. You're actually yes. now making that change. Well, it means the defenders of the vaccine faith have lost. That's an admission of, of, of a defeat, that when your only option is to yell and scream, which we've, we've dealt with for over the years, or even worse than next is just, we're just going to shut you down, not allow you to, to speak out at all. Uh, it means that they have lost completely. And that's a good sign. That means that, you know, we are landing, the, in, the information is being received, and there, it's a last desperate attempt of the scoundrels to stop it from occurring. 
occurring. Now, you know, you have started a new YouTube channel, uh, Dr. Batar, folks, you know, you can follow him on Facebook and everywhere else, but now he's got a YouTube channel. We have it linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. We go live on YouTube so far so good, but you have gotten a team that has done extraordinary work in breaking out segments of topics that we do together on Advanced Medicine Mondays typically, and you can actually hone in on those and watch them on YouTube. But I've, as I've urged you to do, set it up on Brideon. Our friend, the health ranger, Mike Adams, has set up a non-censored uh, format for video in case YouTube shuts us down. Yeah, and I think that this Brideon, I never knew how to pronounce that. I, I didn't know whether it was Brighton or you know, I didn't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> it's like yeah. two words, bright eon, but I just say Brideon. Is, is there a meaning behind it? You know, it, it's finding, as, as Mike described it, it's finding something that has not been used before that can somehow catch on. And it's a difficult thing because so many websites have already been captured. So two words, bright and eon, having a bright eon, that's kind of a concept that is, is a nice positive visual, even though it's not easy at first to figure out what it is. Right, right. Okay. Well, the YouTube channel that Robert was mentioning, I just put the link up on the Facebook Live too. And the difference there is that I don't want to, first of all, uh, put redundant information out there. And Robert's already got his YouTube channel with all the radio shows from the Robert Scott Bell Show, which includes Advanced Medicine Monday segments that we do together, already being put on YouTube. But one of the things that we had talked about some time ago was that there's so much good information that Robert and I have put out together over the last almost decade now. I guess we're, what, in our ninth year or tenth year, Robert? Yeah, well, uh, let's see, 2011, so yeah, ninth year. This is my 20th year, by the way, 20th anniversary since I started in broadcast radio in 1999. So these are big deal. I I don't feel old enough to have been in radio 20 years. Congratulations. Yeah, you know, it's actually funny because I used to tell people I've been a doctor 20 years now and Mm -hmm. you should make me feel old. But, you know, that's that number has just changed to 28 years. I've been a doctor now. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm almost hitting 30 years as being a physician, which scares the hell out of me. That make I don't feel that old. And now I'm thinking, am I really that old? That's that's kind of sad. It's really quite extraordinary. I mean, we're basically the same age and and we've had similar uh, paths and, you know, obviously divergent upbringings and things yet going into natural healing uh, you through the medical realm, me initially that way. And then, of course, I had experience. Experiences that said, no, 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 that's not for you. And and yet, you know, here we are, uh, good buddies over all these years as well, and, and really am invested in empowering people to heal themselves. We're not interested, never interested in having people follow us per se, except that we would be no. able to reach you to say, you know what, that power to heal really is yours. We're just here to remind you. Well, it's interesting that you bring this up because, again, uh, you know, because we rehearsed it so well. <laughs> yes. Coming out so perfectly like our rehearsals. No, but the the whole issue was that you and I had discussed the ability for people to be able to search um, and get that particular segment that's most relevant to them that was covered in the show. And, you know, when you've got now over now, we've got over nine years off shows. So that means we've got we've actually surpassed if it's 100 hours every two every two years. That means we are approaching uh, 500 hours of video. So yes, and that's just that's just on or, or audio, I should say. 500 hours of radio interviews that we've done together, our, our shows, and the problem is to go through that amount of content to find what's relevant is is a chore. Is is difficult. That's a daunting that's, task. It's amazing that uh, you're going it after really it. Is. I appreciate that. It's really amazing. Well, that's what we did on the YouTube aspect. And so for you guys out there that are listening to this but don't know exactly what Robert's talking about, if you go to the YouTube channel, what we're doing is we're segmenting out certain sections of the show and putting that together to have a question-answer session, 
uh, a commentary, the studies. So you can actually do a search based on the topic that you're interested in and those topics based on the keywords will pull up those videos. So right now we've only got 14 videos up there. We've got another 15 that are ready to go that will be uploaded in the next couple of days. And within another week, we anticipate having another 40 or 50. These are all shows that have been recorded um, that I started recording back before Thanksgiving. So they're all being caught up right now. And then hopefully, and I anticipate that we'll have over 100 videos on the YouTube channel before uh, the end of the month. And each time when we do this, they will be the question answer aspects and all these different components that we will take from the whole show. So if we talked about vaccines, uh, childhood vaccines, for example, in the first segment, and then during a break, we talked about it, those parts will be combined into one video. So it'll be relevant to the, to the topic for the people that are looking for that topic. And you don't have to go through the archives anymore. So the only problem is you have to look at my ugly mug doing it. <laughs> That's why I was concerned for people, you know, we don't want to harm them. Exactly. Exactly. We don't <laughs> want to do that. But anyway, it's, uh, I figured, Robert, if uh, if you're willing to take that risk, I figured, you know, yes. I know I'm not good looking as you, but I'll I'll go ahead and try to take. That well, risk. we could argue that point uh, on and on, but no, this is really great. And and folks, you know, as I've been entering my 20th year now in broadcast radio, at the beginning of my so-called career in radio, you missed the show, you missed the show. Now we're at a point where there's nothing lost. The law of economy is in, act, in action. It's getting better thanks to the searchable form that uh, Dr. Batar, you're putting out through YouTube as well. Uh, we've got iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, UK Health Radio, over there on Natural News Radio where we were doing things for a while as well. Um, and, you know, the YouTube and uh, SoundCloud, I can't even keep it up, much less our home and broadcast radio syndication, GCNlive.com. There are a lot of ways to access it. So I don't think they'll be able to wipe us out completely, even if one segment like YouTube goes, oh, we're not going to let this go out. We're going to always look for other ways to keep it going because it's just too darn important. And as Robert had mentioned, uh, the Brideon website, so I had just actually applied and received confirmation of our new account there. So we will be putting up the same videos on Brideon, and Robert and I were tracking the same thought process at that point. So anyway, uh, the, uh, the information will be available to everybody. Uh, and as Robert said, if one channel gets shut down or one venue gets shut down, for whatever reason, the message will continue. Yeah. We had, so uh, You say, Robert, I think you, the way you said the yeah. broadcast will continue. Yes, the broadcast will continue. And you know what, folks, the, the, that they're desperately trying to censor this information. It tells you all you need to know about how correct we are about the things we've been presenting all of these years. Uh, interesting. I talked uh, last weekend uh, to one of the autism warrior moms. You know, the, these are moms that have children who were injured by vaccines into the autism spectrum. And one of the things is talking about how to work with language to become more efficient, better at what we do so that the information, the message lands. And they were talking about changing, you know, instead of talking about vaccines, talk about liability free vaccines. This concept of like, let people know that there's no liability on these vaccines that you can't sue. That opens up another realm of people that go, oh, I, I didn't know that. And that's a big part of the problem is that people have no earthly idea that there's no incentive for vaccine manufacturers to make a safe or effective product because they're pretty much mandated and they can't be sued if they're on the uh, CDC's recommended schedule. Yeah, this is really a crucial point. And I never really even thought about it. But if you think this is not an important topic that Robert just brought up, think again. Here's why. Because in our litigious society in North America, especially in the United States, we think that if you can sue a fast food company for how hot their coffee was because you inadvertently spilled it on yourself because you were the buffoon, <laughs> and yet you can sue the company for making the coffee too hot and win – 
I don't know, tens of millions of dollars, whatever that case was, then we would think that, well, obviously, if my child gets injured from getting a recommended vaccine that his doctor says that he needs, if there was, God forbid, any problem, I would have some type of, you know, there would be some kind of a repercussion for that type of a problem. There would be some kind of penalty. This is the bizarre world of vaccines. We need to communicate more. We're on our first break here. Special edition of Advanced Medicine on Sunday. Those of you listening live. Uh, Of course, we've got a lot more healing to go. Links are up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com, including to uh, advancedmedicine.com. Y'all want to be there. We'll be right back. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Rocking the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. No censorship here. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show Advanced Medicine Edition with Dr. Rashid Batark. And uh, we've got a new year. Of course, we're stepping up for what is right, truthful, accurate, and uh, with all the integrity we have because, uh, you know, this was an important uh, journey for me. Dr. Batar, you know my healing journey. I've talked about it for many years. And, of course, what stimulated much of what you've done because of your son and the injury to vaccines initially that happened with him and that sets you on a course of life that, you know, we were on a collision course. Inevitably, our friend Ann and Alden Butcher brought us together. And uh, uh, again, it's been an incredible journey. And I'm just grateful to be on it with you. Well, I am just as grateful, if not more. Uh, you know, you talked about how your journey started in the in the health realm, in the, in the medical health wellness industry. But then you went into broadcast. And I can tell you that a lot of people have made an impact in certain things, Robert, but you're by far a single bright light, uh, uh, something out there that is the light at the end of the tunnel because you're able to not take this message and have very successfully done it in a way that very few people could have ever done it, leave alone just in media. I mean, just to have the ability, your voice, the natural charisma that you have and the way it resonates you know, the inflection of your voice in itself has a has a very comforting component to it. Hey, I've actually got your voice on our Know Your Options DVD. So, you know, I'm not <laughs> BS, but I say this because I loved your voice over all the professional. You know, at that time, you weren't as well known as you are now. But, you know, Alden had a number of different voices and, and I picked yours because it just seemed to resonate the, the, the best. And um, so anyway, you've been able to make a tremendous impact on this planet with your message. And I'm truly grateful to be uh, able to contribute to that, you know, one hour out of your 12 hours that you do a week. You know, if I can, I really, I really appreciate that opportunity to be able to do that. And, well, and, and I have no idea it would go this long. Right. And I'm also glad you didn't ask me to do my Yoda voice for your videos. That would have been a disaster anyway. But, <laughs> you know, it, I think it, I've heard that voice and I wouldn't ask you to do that. No, no, no please don't. And Super Don will make fun of me. So we yeah. have, uh, uh, again, despite the, I say in spite of or, or in addition to the knowledge base that you have, that I have, that we bring. It's always a challenge to me to how do we communicate better? You know, I'm not hanging my hat and going, you know what, 20 years, I'm a professional. I don't have to do, you know, I'm always thinking about how we can improve. That's why I brought up this idea of language. How do we use language? It isn't so much for our sake, but for those that we want it to resonate with. What is that way to communicate? What is that way to alter a a, a sentence even or bringing words together like liability-free vaccines to help people understand that it's not what you think it is? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with, if you talk about language, I think a lot of it has to do with the energy of that language, right? It's not even so much the words, but it's the 
energy behind the intention behind that language. And I think truth has a way of resonating. And lack of truth also has very similar a resonance that is repulsive or that's um, that causes an individual to to withdraw from it. And I think that pointing this out, that the language that's been used in talking about some of these things like vaccine free, uh, liability free vaccines, for example, when you point something like this like this out, it's almost like saying there's no more mercury in vaccines or no more mercury in, in um, amalgams. So when you tell people, well, you know that there's amalgams, uh, amalgams are 49.5% by weight mercury, or you know that there's still mercury in vaccines, almost invariably, you talk to anybody out there, almost invariably, 99% of the people say, oh, well, that's that used to be that. They don't do that anymore. Okay, so it's it's been, it's become a popular thought process, a myth, if you will, some type of a legend. Oh, they used to do that. That was back in the 70s and 80s or 90s. But no, we don't do that anymore. People don't know that mercury is still in amalgams. People don't know that vaccines still have mercury in there. People don't know that there is a way that the vaccine industry, the vaccine manufacturers have protected themselves from the same mistake that anybody else would make and would have to pay a price for. They can make a mistake exponentially worse, commit the most horrific crimes on a planetary basis against mankind and have legislation that's been passed in a very, very strategic manner, like in the Patriot Act. What is what is preventing a company from being sued for making a vaccine that injures children have to do with patriotism? The answer is nothing, but they actually put it in part of the Patriot Act. It took, I think, three years or four years for them to actually um, based on public outcry, the people that were aware, to pull that portion out of the Patriot Act. Is that right, Robert? Or is it still yes, part of well, Act? indeed. I mean, that, that's amazing. But yet we still, of course, have the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program that you know was passed in 86, went into effect fully by about 1988, that r- remarkably and horrifically increased the vaccine schedule from two, three, or four when we were kids to dozens now. Dozens. And now they've approved a six-in-one vaccine we'll talk about as well when we come back from this break with dr rasha bittar special edition of the robert scott bell show advanced medicine sunday continues after this the robert scott bell In the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, here we go, folks. Uh, Dr. Raj Bittar with us, and you can find him at drbittar.com or advancedmedicine.com. Links are up in the show notes, as they always are, at robertscottbell.com. Banners up there. Uh, Dr. Bittar uh, just uh, well, this weekend was doing a, a yoga conference. It's already uh, transpired, but uh, we've got the big advanced medicine. Uh, conference coming up in uh was it uh, memorial day weekend in pasadena california yep that's exactly right that's a that's a big conference coming up may 25th may 26th yeah so that link is up and hopefully i'll sign up in advance and we'll look forward to seeing you there but in the interim we've got a lot more advanced medicine to do we were talking about liability free vaccines how they can injure and kill and there is no recourse in going after these uh, vaccine manufacturers good luck arguing with the special masters in the kangaroo unconstitutional vaccine court to get compensated and this re- week recently uh, i think rfk jr submitted some more information to the department of justice of abject fraud involved in that omnibus proceeding that denied 5,000 families any compensation 
Uh, again, now we're finding fraud was at play at that level of the vaccine injury compensation program. And so the point being that when the average person thinks that if somebody hurts me or somebody, a manu- company that manufactures something, uh, you know, product, a can of soda, a type of food or a toy, that if it injures them, that they would have some type of recourse. Leave alone a medicine or a, a vaccine in this particular case we're talking about that has been promoted by the government, by the uh, societies, the medical societies, by their own personal physicians as being something that is going to safeguard them or safeguard their child, prevent them from getting ill. And in actuality, not only is it not preventing them from getting ill, but it's contributing to not only immediate issues, but future issues of their health, imp- impact on their health. And then finding out that after all this stuff comes to fruition, that it becomes exposed and they now are aware of the stuff that they have no recourse. By law, they have no recourse. It has been preemptively blocked from them to be able to be compensated for any damage that they've incurred. That that when people find hear that, they think it's even even a movie wouldn't talk about this kind of that, that's you know that's absurd of course there would be i mean if if somebody rare ends me i've got recourse if somebody sends me a defective product i got recourse but this is medical this is there would never be anything like this and yet at the highest level they have completely blocked and prevented people from being able to seek recourse for having been injured for doing nothing more than following the medical advice that they were told and that has been indoctrinated and and supported and publicly Uh, widespread by the government, by the media. Well, in the meantime, Dr. Batar, as a physician, you have helped many children over the years with from vaccine injury to recover. And and some would say, well, why would you be arguing against this? Wouldn't this mean you would be harmed economically because you're not going to have as many patients? And I think that, you know, this is a consideration when you think how desperate folks are to, uh, let's say, delegitimize what we communicate. You know, what is our motivation here? I mean, you've talked about this on the air for years. It's like, I would rather be off doing, you know, any number of things than having to help children that have been injured unnecessarily, needlessly by these vaccines. Robert, you know, about a month and a half, two months ago, when we talked about this and when we went through the statistics and when we talked about the November 26th, 2018 American Academy of Pediatrics data that came out that said one out of 40 children in the United States has autism and the United States is the leading country now with autism, but uh, in many countries like China, it's not considered publicly acceptable to talk about these types of conditions. So there's many, many unreported cases. And when you look at the population of the United States at 357 million, and then the Census Bureau is reporting that 22.6% of that population um, is under the age of 18, which would be defined as a child. And then one out of 40 of that population uh, having autism that number of the 375 million comes out to 1,846,210, I think it is, of number of children in the United States that have autism. Now, if you extrapolate that to the world data, uh, world census data, and I don't remember the exact numbers, but it's 7.34 billion people on the planet. And if you take the 22.6% of that being the same as the U.S. Consen- uh, US data, and you extrapolate that to the, to the world data, the 22.6% of those people, and then one out of 40 of those children having autism, that same corresponding number for the world was over 43 million children have autism on the planet right now. And that information, when I found that that's all happened after that radio show, when I started going through this information, this data, just to see what the numbers are, absolutely outraged me. Yes. And 
I, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not even out there speaking about autism per se. I mean, I had people remember at autism once somebody had said, Dr. Patel, where are you? Um, why aren't you talking about this stuff anymore? Well, we're releasing all that information now. I think I talked to you about this right before Christmas, autism defined facts on autism. And we have now gotten, um, this is something I've been working on for well over two years, but it's so interesting how the universe conspires to make sure that things that are the right things will happen. And I say conspires, you know, on purpose to happen on a, a certain specific moment in time, because the data that we just got in on a very passive way of helping children with autism, the data has absolutely blown me away. We're going to actually release this information and it's, it's a form of treatment, but I can't make any kind of claims to it. Sure. But Robert, of the entire patient population on the planet, of all different pathology, which subsegment of patient population would you feel is the most sensitive to their environment? Oh, those who have been diagnosed into the autism spectrum, of course. Exactly. A lot of people may not recognize that, but when a child has sensory perception input deficit, that's why they flap their hands. That's why they walk in the tiptoes because they're trying to get more sensory input because they have a deficit of sensory input. Not that they have this actual deficit of sensory input, but more that they have a deficit of the ability to sense that input coming in. So they're trying to, like if you had an area of your hand that was numb, what would you be doing? You'd be rubbing that area of your hand that's numb because you're trying to get sense sensation to that. That's why these children are, are, are having that sensory input deficit. But there's certain other things that they overcompensate. So you'll notice children with autism where they have a sensory input uh, issue with sound, okay? They'll hear certain sounds or eyesight with, with certain bright lights. They're very sensitive to sound and light. Why? Because they're very um, sensitive to their environmental conditions. And so you'll actually end up seeing things like electromagnetic radiation, uh, EMFs having a more profound effect, just like certain types of uh, a car siren, for example, uh, or, or, or a certain type of uh, frequency will irritate to the point of almost causing pain to children with autism depending on biological individuality and genetic uniqueness. But the point is that certain things will really cause an exacerbation of the symptomology. We have now the preliminary data on over 50 cases where the reporting totally passive by just wearing something has been able to significantly reduce autistic type behavior. And we have been able to program other things into this. I don't want to get into a lot of details with this. But Robert, I believe that we have now an opportunity before us that we can impact 43 million children on this planet that are being affected by autism. And lest no, and somebody not recognize the significance, we're not just talking about the children, the 43 million people that are being affected by autism. We're not even talking about their families, their extended families, the parents and the siblings. We're not even talking about that. We are talking about the human race. Because if you understand truly what's going on, the children with autism are a unique subset of the human population. They are cognitively more superior. They have intellectual abilities far, far greater than the average child. Their abilities uh, with these children that, that have autism, for example, you can actually see when, when you reverse these children, their higher senses of cognition become very evident. Sense of humor, strategy becomes so unbelievably uh, evident. My own son, I'm a nationally ranked chess player. Robert, you know this already. Yes. I'm a nationally ranked chess player. My son, Abby, beat me when he was five years, four years old, actually, uh, in chess and, and repetitively beat me. Now, how can a child that had vaccine injury who 
lost his ability to speak and didn't regain it until he was three, who's still the youngest formal witness before the U.S. Congress. But how can a child beat his mm-hmm. father, who's a nationally ranked chess player? Because he's cognitively superior to me. That's why. And, and we have 43 million children on the planet. Again, these are extrapolated numbers that are in that same type of category. They, they are going to be the ones that are going to dictate how the human race continues to evolve from this point. So it is our responsibility, because if we drop this ball, we're dropping the ball not only for these 43 million children, which is significant in itself, not only for their families, which you could easily triple or quadruple that number. We're talking about the entire human race. 25, 50 years from now, where are we going to be if one out of two children is going to be autistic based upon data that's been uh, that's been presented, what, 2035 or something? They're supposed to, one out of every two children supposed to have? If the same rate of autism increases, we'll have one out of two children that have autism. I don't know, remember what it was, Robert. Yeah, well, it was about 2030, and yeah, you're on you're on board with that. Of course, the latest, uh, they've already upped it from one in 40 to one in 35 or something like that. It's just ridiculous, one in 36, I believe. So well, who's going to take care of this? Yeah, who's no, take no, it's done, people? we're done. Folks, you know, we live in the worlds of duality, it's been said. Uh, you know, the frequencies that are harming us, like the EM field disruption from uh, cell phone towers and Wi-Fi and, t- and cell phones and things. If you know how to work with frequency and program it properly, it can be also the correction. And I think that's where you're going with this, Dr. Patar. And I'm very sensitive to that. As a homeopath, we work with frequencies, with energies, with uh, signatures and communication at levels that are unseen, but yet felt by our very essence. And so uh, the correction is in that realm. It is in the energetic realm. Although what we would call the bad guys are using that either overtly or covertly for illicit purposes to damage, injure, weaken, or even kill these children who have come here to help transform this planet consciousness-wise. So uh, again, when we talk advanced medicine, it's not just about physical medicine. We're talking about the very energetics of our existence. And when Robert says they came here for a very specific purpose to increase our consciousness. Do not underestimate the importance of that. I believe that children that have autism have a message for us, and that message is for humanity, of patience, of unconditional love. And we have forgotten that. We fight against each other because one is a a Jew and the other one's a Muslim and the other one's a Christian. And if that's not sufficient enough reason to fight, then hey, within Christianity, you have Catholics that are killing Protestants and vice versa, as in Ireland, or you have Sunni Muslims killing Shiite Muslims or vice versa, as you have in Iran and Iraq. It doesn't matter. Man itself, mankind itself, is always constantly attacking and killing each other. We don't look at uh, the commonalities between us as human beings. We look at the differences and we magnify them. And it's not even the average person. It's, it's the way that the system has been rigged. And this is why I believe the children are here to teach us unconditional love, cooperation, acceptance, tolerance which we have forgotten as a planetary society. So I know we may be getting off on the topic <laughs> that some people may not think this relevant, but it's yes, extremely relevant. It and this is what fuels Robert and myself to do this every week. Beyond this, it's because it is how he has children. I have children. You have mm-hmm. children. Soon, you know, in another probably 10 years, I'll have grandchildren. Robert, hopefully you'll have What are we setting up for them? Beautifully said, Dr. Batar. We're going to take a break and wrap up this Advanced Medicine edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show after this. Live around the world, the Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. 
Consciousness shift in evidence here every week on the Robert Scott Bell Show, Advanced Medicine, a Monday, now Sunday version with Dr. Rasha Bittar. And the way we represent or present the news to you, obviously, Dr. Bittar doesn't read the news, and that's good. I don't want anybody to do it because you're, you're subject to programming that we don't like. And, you know, when I don't know how to read, Robert. That's really the No, story. no, of course you do. But, you know, the point is, we don't want people to focus their energy in a negative context. And a lot of these news stories are pretty much negative. So we have to go through them. And Super Don, he's amazing to help, you know, rifle through these to get it to us. Uh, then we talk about it, obviously, you know, hopefully in a more uplifting way, more direct. And, you know, a few of the stories we haven't hit today, we're just going to go through them real quickly now. Um, and this one's about the CDC. Those of you who think the CDC is protecting the public, it's not. It's protecting the market for vaccines. Their express intent and purpose is to make sure that compliance is everywhere. So when they promote a new flu vaccine that happens to be more dangerous and less, less effective than even previous versions, that should be news. Now, our friends at the Alliance for Natural Health covered it, and they're bringing back the flu mist. The flu mist doesn't work. It has apparently no mercury. It's, a, it's an inhaled version, but it also sheds for two four, or four or even more weeks live replicating viruses. Why would they put that out? It's because they want compliance. They realize a lot of, a lot of people are, are, the, are aware of the vaccines that contain mercury, even the so-called mercury-free ones. So they're going, hey, maybe we put the nasal spray out, more people will still comply. Yeah, and of course, then there's other problems with that because, again, as you said, there's live uh, there's a live virus that's being shed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It doesn't work, um, so they are bringing things back. But again, it's not based upon efficacy; it's based upon compliance, as you said. Yes. Yeah. So that's again, how do you read through the news? People don't realize. I was like, oh my gosh, we can get a nasal thing. That's great. Well, it's not because it works; it's because they want you to take it because you now are not getting the injection. Uh, here's another uh, uh, Im- health impact news. They're the ones that got banned by Pinterest for actually reporting what the government is reporting on vaccine injury. They've raised the issue of an increased uh, vaccine schedule causing increased childhood arthritis, musculoskeletal inflammation related to vaccines. Hmm, I think so. Well, you know, it's interesting, Robert, because um, when you start looking at juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, for example, and it's actually a case that I wrote about the story of Morgan in the nine steps uh, to keep the doctor away book, uh, that story about Morgan was based upon a, a, a diagnosis that she had at the age of five of juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. Now, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis is actually something that we have now treated quite a few cases. And these are children that have been on a lot of medication and some of them have even had surgery. And it's all related to their gut issues. And actually, it's very closely related to aut- the, the autism aspect too, because Some children that can't clear the mercury from a neurological standpoint may end up having the damage there, but certain other children may end up having the damage manifest in other ways. And juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, I'm not saying that's directly related to mercury. I'm talking about the fact that we treated this particular young lady who was five at the time, who's now in her, she's I think 27 or something, and she has no problems and she's on no medications. In fact, you know, if anybody wants to read that story, it's, uh, I don't remember the chapter, but it's the story of Morgan. Uh, This is directly now when I go back and look at this and look at all the children that I've treated with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, I believe it's directly related to the vaccine aspect. When I say directly, I don't mean that it's a vaccine that caused the arthritis. I'm saying it's a vaccine that caused the, the imbalance that caused the dysbiosis that then contributed right. to the altered gut ecology that then created the whole cascade that was necessary in order to set up the, the arthritic picture. And finally, the beautiful setup that you just did without planning 
is the gut immune cells reducing multiple sclerosis inflammation in studies. So getting back to the microbiome, the damage to the microbiome impacting directly and indirectly within the body. A lot of people focus only on the brain and nervous system, but where's that relationship start? Very often the gut. And so when we address the gut damage from vaccines, we also see the rise of what? Neurological degradation diseases associated with destruction of gut. Absolutely. And actually, you're right, because we prepared so well uh, and planned it so well that that did come up perfectly. But, you know, coming back to the previous study with the arthritis, uh, mm-hmm. the arthritis, you know, when you look at arthritic conditions and you start looking when this was a correlation and observation that I made uh, a number of years ago. But now here's a study that talks about direct childhood vaccine schedule causing an increase in childhood arthritis. I think that's pretty amazing that somebody actually was able to because I don't know whether these were clinicians. Usually people that are putting out these type of studies, they're not clinicians, they're researchers, but they've been able to not see that correlation, which is in clinical practice, exactly what I observed, not in one or two or five cases, but in No, it's, it's validating it. The scientists are indirectly validating exactly what we've observed clinically. And Dr. Batar, with that, we're out of time for this edition of Advanced Medicine Sunday on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Tell them what they need to know because we got to go. The power to heal is unconditionally yours. Amen. Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott Bell Show.